What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Today we have one of the OG finance gurus at the table. And I just wanted to start off today's show by just giving you your, your love. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? Your flowers because you've paved the way for a lot of us younger financial guys and ladies coming up in the game. Now before we hop into today's show, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe so you can be notified every single time we drop a new video. Now let's hop into the show. Welcome to the table. Yeah, yeah. We gonna get real. We gonna get right. Boy, building up wealth. We gonna get life. Welcome to the table. Yo, I mean, listen, y'all, we at the table. Listen, man, listen to y'all right now. Anytime this woman get text me, call me, DM me, or she's in my presence, she is, when it comes to, especially in the minority space, this is the guru. I don't want to call her the king because I don't want to be disrespectful, but if she was a male in the African-American space, she's the king if she was a male, but right now she's the queen. She's the guru. Y'all, when it comes to the money space, I've learned so much from Tiffany, um, known as Budget Nista. Um, I've, I've read all of her books. I've watched, I listened to her her podcast. Um, she's taught me a lot. Like I'm, I'm sitting here as a black man because of some of the things that she's done, and I just want to start off today's show by just giving you your your love. Thank you. You know what I'm saying your flowers because you've paved the way for a lot of us younger financial guys and ladies coming up in the game. Thank you. You know, and so I have no problem giving credit. <laughs> Well, credit needs to be given because this woman knows what she's talking about. And what I love about her is, you know, Tiffany, you remind me of like, you're not old enough to be my grandma. You're young. <laughs> but as you remind my grandma, you can you can whip me. And I didn't even know I was just with <laughs> like how you check us financially. It's like, wait a minute. That felt so good. But did she just check me? I would say like, I like to be like the the, the soul child of uh, Mr. Rogers and Harriet Tubman. Like, oh, you're going to get free. <laughs> No, I'm gonna do a nice one. I'm like, I just said that. You're gonna get free today. 
But it's like, and you do, though. You know what I'm saying? I I, I want to start back from the very beginning with you because oftentimes we don't see you do a lot of interviews, so thank you so much for being on my show. Mm-hmm. But we always see you teaching and coaching and, and helping us. But where did, did Tiffany come from? Like, where did budget needs to come from? You, you're Nigerian. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, was your dad big on finances? Absolutely. He was a CFO okay. and accountant. He okay. had his, um, I want to say, master's in finance and his um, bachelor's in economics. Wow. So like a real money, money, money guy. And then my mom was a nurse. She's got her master's in nursing as well. So I just grew up learning about money from okay. him from the academic side. Like, okay. this is actually how you budget. Yeah. How you invest. Yeah. Instead of your sweet 16, at 16, we open a bank account down the street. Say what? Mm-hmm. But literally, he was like, at 16, you get to open a joint bank account with me. Yeah. And I'm going to show back then, I'm 44 now, so back then they used to have passbooks. I'm dating myself. And so, like, you would like, he would be like, this is how you, this is how you use your passbook. This is how you um, use your checkbook. And so I got to learn hands-on with my dad. And then my mom was very much like, let's take it to the streets. Because your dad is showing you, like, on paper, you know, how to manage your money, but he doesn't go food shopping. I do. <laughs> so let me show you what that looks like, food shopping. Yeah. Let me show you what it looks like to buy clothes for five girls. I'm one of five girls. Yeah. Let me show you, like, even now, like, if I were to buy a car now, I'm not calling my dad. I'm calling my mother. What? And I've done that before. Like, I bought my first car, and I remember the, the, the salesman was, like, kind of being kind of pushy. Yeah. So I was like, I need to see the restroom. I was in the bathroom. I'm like, Mommy, can you come? Yeah. And she was like, I'll be there in a minute. Talked him all the way down to the ground. That woman is a master negotiator. Wow. Yeah, to this day, I mean, I'm pretty good, but I don't match Sylvia. <laughs> I don't match. I mean, I remember for, for Mother's Day, she wanted a couch. And I thought, I was like, you know what? Watch, sit back. Like, watch me. So I got the couch down like $250. And I was right. feeling myself like, and she was like, go, go sit down. She came back another $250 off and delivering it for free. So I just grew up in a household where financial education was everyday life for us. In your experience now, do you are you coaching parents on how to have that conversation in the house? Because on my side of the world, we're hearing that we're not having that conversation Mm -hmm. in the house. Are you hearing the same thing within your community as well? Absolutely. I think a lot of folks don't, because they don't feel comfortable, Mm. they're like, how can I teach from a place of ignorance, you know? Mm. And so one, not only am I like through the Budgetista platform, teaching people how not to feel self-conscious about their money and how to teach their kids, but like I got a law passed in my state, New Jersey, Mm -hmm. um, along with my assemblywoman, Angela V. McKnight. Um, It's called um, the Budgetista Law, A1414. Okay. Making financial education mandatory for middle school students. Mm. Because parents, Jersey already has a high school mm-hmm. law. And so when I work with her, I want it. We're still working on the elementary school because I want as soon as you step into the public school Absolutely. system in New Jersey, all the way through high school, you know, you're getting financial education in a way that's age appropriate. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so, so your father played a major role. Mm-hmm. He, he clearly has the book smarts of finances. Mm-hmm. Um, speak to me about fathers. How important is it, do you think, that fathers, and even mothers, but more important, I, I, I want to talk about fathers because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a man. Mm-hmm. How important is it for fathers to step up and have those those conversations with their, their children, specifically I, their daughters? I think, honestly, and I'm like, you know, maybe this unpopular opinion, I think a father's role is the most important role in a girl's life. I didn't say it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I believe it. And here's the thing. Said it. <laughs> my mom. Don't get me wrong. I will right. go up for my mom. You know, I Absolutely. love my mom. And obviously, like, Critically yeah. important. But we, especially in the United States, it's a male gaze that you see yourself through. So it's through your father that you know that you are beautiful. 
and see your father that you know that you're smart. Like, I, you cannot tell me that I'm not a genius. The way my dad used to hype us up, Mm. I mean, my, the older sister is a scientist. Yeah. Um, I, you know, was a teacher yeah. before I started the budget, but now I do what I do now. I'm still a teacher. Still a teacher, I'm yeah. Say, yeah. And then the third, um, she worked in finance, and now she's a, she's a publicist. Yeah. Um, and fourth is an engineer. Okay. Fifth is in communications. Wow. And so, like, all of us, and half of us have our masters. You could not tell us that we were not the smartest. Because my dad was like, I'm confused about why you have a 95 and you're happy about it. Because my expectation is 100. Where's the other five points? That's what I grew up with. That there is an expectation of excellence. <clears throat> and so when I see myself, I think that, like, I do not expect anything less than excellence for myself or the people around me. Mm. But I got that from Arandi Aliche, my father. And so, like, it just... So, and also, too, my dad taught us to be hyper-independent. If I'm being candid, I think if I would have had a brother, well, I know, because my dad said this, mm. that, that Nigerian culture is very male-dominant culture, Men take care of women. If I would have had a son, the purpose of my son was going to be to look after my girls, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. So, but one girl, two girls, three girls, five girls later, my mother said, shop is closed. My <laughs> <laughs> son is not happening. Figure it out. So he was like, damn. So I am going to now have to make sure my girls know how to look after themselves. So I remember when I learned, I was in... High school, I had to learn how to cut the lawn, mow the lawn. We had a big lawn. We lived on a double lot. Wow. Yes, and I was like, but why do I have to eat? You said grass? Cutting grass. He was like, you know, he said, because I don't know. Between where you are now to before you get married, I don't know what that's going to look like for you. So I'm going to teach you to cut grass. I'm going to teach you to change the oil on your car. Yeah. I'm going to teach you to manage your money. All these things I might not have had access to, you know, had I had a brother. Mm -hmm. And so I remember him distinctly saying, I want one day, if you decide to get married, that is from a choice, not because you have to, because you need someone to look after you. Mm. So all of us know how to like look after ourselves. And mm. even when I had my little boyfriends in college, in my mind, I was like, my dad was always like, if you need something, you look to yourself first, second, and third, and me fourth. Mm. So it was like, boy, I don't yeah. my whole daddy at home. <laughs> like, first of all, he taught me how to do it. And if I can't figure it out, I'm gonna be knocking on Ronnie's door. Like, I tried all the things. Tell me what I need to do. Wow. Mm -hmm. So it taught me just to be like, really independent, you know, and then I get to choose how I want to live my life from a place of, like, I got myself. Yeah. So if you got you, yeah. I got me then together, like, you know, we can have an amazing partnership. So where did budgetness come from? So it just came from, I was a school teacher, okay. which was a disappointment to my parents. Are you <laughs> serious? You, they want you to be a doctor, lawyer, engineer, everything else is a disappointment. <laughs> and so, right, so I was a school teacher, and, um, I, but I learned, you know, Budgeting and finance and things at home. Yeah. And then when I was in college, my college roommate had debt collectors calling our dorm room, and I'd never, I didn't even know that that was possible. We thought it was funny because I'm, you know, 17, 18. So, debt collectors, dorm room? Mm hmm. College kid? Yeah. Well, it wasn't her. Her, her mother, her father, I believe, had passed away. Okay. Her mother was a single mom struggling to raise her and her, her sister. And they were looking for mom by calling. Yes. Her. Yeah. So they were, her mother, I think, had opened up credit cards under her name to try to make it work. Mm hmm. And so she didn't even, was it, you know, she was like, I don't know what to do. We, like I said, thought it was funny. Yeah. They would call, we would put on different voices, pretend to be different people. Yeah. And then I was telling my dad, you know, you go home telling a joke, like, oh, daddy, like, you know, debt collectors call the door, but, you know, we put on these voices. He's like, wait, wait, hold up. <laughs> That's serious. And I was like, I often get questions about life insurance, where to buy, how to find affordable rates, the simplest application process, and most importantly, where to secure coverage instantly. Like, people don't want to wait a long time. They want the coverage right now. Giving the startling statistic that nearly 40% of African-Americans do not have life insurance coverage 
today. It's even more critical to address these questions. My recommendation to all these questions is simple. My friends over at Ethos Life Insurance. These are the people who hold my life insurance policy. You see, their mission is to simplify life insurance and make it accessible online to everyone. No paperwork, no medical exams, or check this out, no blood tests. You simply answer some health questions online and just like that, you can secure coverage the exact same day. But the cherry on the top family, Ethos offers an incredible deal that I wish I had when I signed up with them for my life insurance policy about two years ago. You see, when you secure a life insurance policy through them, they will throw in a will and estate plan for 100% free. <laughs> I, I'm tripping and I'm excited at the same time because I personally spent $2,500 on my estate plan at the beginning of this year. So getting it free with a life insurance policy that might cost you as low as $50, that's a no brainer. I mean, like none. Don't just take my word for it. You see, Tanner R., a customer, uh, secured a $500,000 30-year policy without a physical exam through Ethos. He says the price was great. The process was completely easy. You see, Ethos truly values our time. You see, Alex got approved for a $1 million uh, policy in just five minutes. She said, simple and straight to the point. Comments were surprisingly user-friendly and great communication. So are you ready to protect your family's financial future? Don't let this statistic define you. I want you to get covered today and get a will and get the life insurance policy and get the, uh, um, the, the what's it called? The uh, estate plan for 100% free. All you got to do is go to anthonyoneal.com forward slash ethos. Again, that is anthonyoneal.com forward slash ethos. Secure your coverage today and ensure peace of mind for your loved ones. All right, let's get back to today's show. And I was like, he said, mm -mm, tell her this, 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 and this. And I was like, okay. So then I started to become this conduit between uh, like, uh, so then after a while it was like, Tiffany, can you ask your dad this? And then I was like, well, I wanna learn. So I started taking all these financial classes and courses and I became the go-to girl in my friend group. You know, sometimes wow. this is the girl, her, she's got the bomb hair. Yeah. This one is gonna tell you about relationships. I was the money girl. You were the money girl. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then I really began to love it. And when I became a teacher, I was really young. I was 21 when I got my teaching job. I taught preschool in Newark. Okay. And um, especially the section where I taught, it was like really economically depressed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the parents and I were like the same age, you know? And they were like, oh, Miss Tiffany, can I hold something till Friday? I'm like, Keisha, no. But at nap time, you could come and actually had a budget. Mm. And I was like, wait, you put your money in check cashing? Do you know how much they charge? No. You know what? Go to your job, have them direct deposit. Because you don't have, you think you don't have the $10 fee at the bank, but if you have direct deposit, the bank account is free. So I started having lessons at nap time for the parents when the kids were sleeping. And I remember I was doing tax, because I learned how to do my taxes when I was a teenager. My okay. dad taught me. Okay. And I was like, how much did you pay down the street? Mm-mm. Come in here and I will we'll do your taxes. And they're like, for free? I'm like, well, girl, you gonna be sitting right beside me. I'm gonna show you how to do it so you never have to pay you know, hundreds of that, unless you have it, you know? Right, right, Especially right. if your taxes are really simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Absolutely. And so that's when I wrote my, my very first book, um, The One Week Budget. Okay. Because I just was like, um, I self-published it, but I was getting the same questions over and over, so I said, let me write a guide to like step-by-step -step budgeting. Um, and that, that kind of started my journey, like becoming an author and, and starting the Budget Nista. It was supposed to be a nonprofit, that's what I thought. Right. I said, I'll teach. 
And then the budgetista will be this thing I do on the side for okay. fun to help the community. Because yeah. I, I also grew up with a lot of service in my house. Like yeah. my parents give so much money back to Nigeria. They've sent so many people to college. And, wow. you know, so I watched that. And so I was like, okay, this is my way of giving back to the community. Love it. Then the recession happened and my school, which was nonprofit based, closes doors. Okay. And I was like, so what do I do now? And a friend of mine was like, well, why don't you take this thing that you're doing for fun, you know, and to help the community, maybe that could be a business. And I was like, I don't know about all that. <laughs> and the first few years, I had to move back home with my parents for a year, okay. sister's couch for another year, okay. rented a room with a bunch of girlfriends. Um, we like got this house and it was like, each room was $500 for like a year. This is in my thirties, so it was a real struggle. Mm -hmm. And my early thirties, and it took the business, I wanna say year four or five before I matched what I made as a preschool teacher. As take okay. So I wanna say maybe year five, I made $150,000 gross okay. in the business, which was about 50,000 take home. Okay. And so that's what I was making as a preschool teacher. So it was a long, you know, I know I know everybody's rich on the internet, you know. Right. Everybody's making a million dollars their first two seconds in. Nice. Yeah, you know, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> but for me over here, it took, it took if it wasn't for like unemployment, mm -hmm. I had bought a condo when I was 25. Because I was doing really well. I was teaching. Yeah. I saved a lot. I used to save one full paycheck a month. Mm -hmm. And like the first three and a half years of teaching, because I also tutored and babysat on the side, okay. I saved about $30,000. Wow. I didn't really have any student loan debt because I commuted from home. And I had a little bit. My parents paid some. And then I had some. Paid it off. Okay. Got my master's. But okay. that was student loan debt that I had. It was about 52000 Okay. But I still had about $30,000 saved yeah. from teaching. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I think, you know, I'm going to buy myself a, a property. So I bought a condo. Um, but then when I lost my job, I, I couldn't afford the condo. Yeah, so I, I rented it out, moved back home with my parents. Okay. And I had some credit card scam happen to me. Left me $35,000 in credit card debt. Mm -hmm. It was just, I want to say from age 28, 29 to like 32, okay. it was a mess after a mess after a mess after a mess after a mess. Credit card scam, student loan debt, losing my condo to foreclosure, starting this business, being broke. It was, it was tra financially traumatic. Uh, uh, and and I'm, I want to get to something because you, you have a you have a new book that's coming mm -hmm. out, made whole. Yes. And y'all, we, we got we're going to talk about this because this book. I believe is a workbook. Yes. And it's powerful. We didn't talk about that, but I want to talk about that because. Tiffany, you have a lot of people watching us right now, and you're talking about from 28 to 32, life just hit you. Yes. Well, we got people watching right now, and life is hitting them right now. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they haven't recovered from COVID. Yeah. Um, they're getting laid off from jobs. Um, they're having babies outside of wedlock, and you have the single mother raising a child by themselves. Mm -hmm. Life is hitting them right now. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're, they come to me for, like, a lot of... Uh, for sure, money advice, spiritual advice as well. But then any that practical, like what do I do to get through this season? Mm -hmm. I'm curious, what what did you do to get through that season? I'm, I think it's a year to move back in with your parents. Mm -hmm. That's a practical thing yeah. to do. Everybody is not able because maybe your parents live too far. Right. They might not be here. They might not be financially able. Yeah, you know. But it's important to like build, like look into your community. It's good, you know. So like, is it like at the time I I um. We're sleeping on my sister's couch after my parents, you know? Okay. So do you have siblings, a cousin? You know, like, if you have a child, maybe, like, you have a friend that also has a child, and it's like, okay, we can share childcare yep. responsibilities. We can live together. Mm -hmm. You know, at the time, my friend was, like I said, living in a home um, that, like, the, room, the woman was running it out by the room. Yeah. Because it was in a college town. Yeah. So I was like, we were these grown 30s. So I was like, I don't even care. 
because it was 500 bucks a month and that's what I could basically afford. Um, and so really leaning into your community, you that's know. Good. But it's also there's 311 if you're, I've, I've had people call me who've been like the working poor, mm -hmm. which is they have a job, but not enough to actually pay for a place to live. So they're in a shelter while working. Wow. I was just in Atlanta and took my team uh -huh. on a team trip. We go on a trip every year. Right. And I fly them out, like 13 of us. And we did some community service at the Gateway Center in Atlanta, mm -hmm. where basically it's a it's a men's like transitional, um, uh, I guess housing kind of like unit, but they also like have resources and things. And we we bought like lunch for the men that day. It was about a hundred, and you know just chatted. And you see men like dressed to go to work. Wow. You know, like one guy was a um, a limo driver, yeah. so he had like you know nice suit. And I thought to myself, wow, and it, but it wasn't enough to, because of the way inflation, it was not enough to sustain, to be able to afford a place to live, a safe place to live. And I thought, so yeah, so if you are in that position, looking for resources, sometimes it looks like dramatically and drastically, I had to basically abandon my home. Because mm. I was like, I cannot afford the 660, you know, I, I mean, it was 1660, my mortgage, you know? Right. And I was renting it out, I think, for like 1200 but that gap of like four. You had to pay it. Yeah, and I, after a while, I, ran, I didn't have it. And so I'm like, what do I do? And I've had to abandon um, cars before. Sometimes, you know, you're, I drown to try to keep up. Mm -hmm. I wish I could go back to that Tiffany. Like, she drained her, because um, I was putting money in my, in my retirement account when I was a teacher. Yeah, yeah. I had about thirty or $40,000 in that account by the time I lost my job. Okay. And if I were to go back to that Tiffany, I'd be like, leave that money. But I took it out to try to save my condo only to lose it. So it's like, now you lost the condo. And the money. Sometimes learning to let go sooner rather than later when I tell you, I Damn. wish I could go back to her and be like, you're not going to be. So it's almost like, so this is a, this is a lesson that I learned from my friend um, Cabral. When someone asked to borrow money from me, he, I used to struggle with what do I say? He said, well, one, always ask yourself, um, will this solve the problem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's just say, so I should have asked myself when I was borrowing money from my future self. Yep, yep, yep. Because I call my future self Wanda. I like my, <laughs> I'm like, see a little old lady sitting on the front porch rocking it. And I'm like, so I'm borrowing money from Wanda. Yeah. And Wanda should have asked, I should have, Wanda should have said, if I give you this money, will it solve the problem? Mm. And the problem being solved is I might lose this condo. So yes, it will solve it temporarily in that you have the mortgage for the next, but after that, then what? Yeah. So it doesn't solve the problem. It doesn't. So if I lend money to you, like just like, you know, like, oh, Tiffany, and like, because like, just say your car is repoed, you know, but you get paid next week or whatever, you just need, yes, it solves the problem because you actually do have a job. It's just this one instance. Yes. So then I consider maybe I'll lend or maybe I'll just gift you the money. Yeah. But if it doesn't solve the problem, me borrowing from my older self, I just, you know, I I I put the problem to the side temporarily, but if I if I, I didn't have the wisdom then mm -hmm. to know like, girl, that's not gonna solve. You might as well let Wanda have her coin, mm -hmm. you know. But she done. Now we good. But it took a long time before I got good. So in that situation, and correct me if I'm wrong, you would have told the younger Tiffany, hey, just sell the condo. Yeah, I would keep your thirty four thousand, and you probably would have made what ten thousand off. No, it was it was. Remember, it was recession. Remember when uh, I bought it for? Would have probably lost. Yeah, I would have, but it still would have been better, better than. Mm. Yep. But I didn't know. I didn't have the concept of like in in desperation mode. Yeah. You're just like whatever I have to do to see the next day through. Yes. That part is so hard. Yeah. That's why another thing I tell people: if you're in this mode of like desperation, is find you a Linda. So mm. Linda is my best friend. Yeah. And at the time, I was hiding it from everybody the, the financial struggle. Okay. Because I thought it's it's just me. Yeah. You know, I've made all the mistakes. I'm a bad person. I'm not as smart as I thought I was. And I didn't want anybody to know that the great financial person that they go to, Tiffany. 
was really struggling. And then one day, Linda, because, you know, when you have someone who knows you, I know Linda, like, my whole life, she was like, something's not right with Tiffany. Right. She would call, I'll keep things brief so she couldn't hear the distress in my voice. And she was like, uh-uh, girl, get on this phone. Let me see your face. What's going on? And I was like, I told her everything. I owe all this money. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to lose my condo. And she was like, that's it? And, I mean, she normalized the fact. She said, have you taken a look around in, the, in this recession? Talk. She said, first of all, almost every, because I was in my 20s still, she was like, we all, I'm, I'm calling for my mother's um, couch right now. Like, because I didn't realize I was so... Into yourself. That I did not look around and realize that there was a global financial situation happening. Yeah. That it was, I was not immune to it, just like now. Yeah. I was not immune to the fact that so many people are, that they're going through this okay and. Yeah. And so it helped to normalize that I'm not alone. And also, too, it helped to, to kind of like get rid of some of the shame because shame will shield solutions. Mm. And so I was like, okay, I'm not alone. Tiffany, there's a lot of people. I started talking to friends. And then I realized, wait a minute, I have some foundational things here that I can lean into. Girl, you know how to budget, you know how to save, you know how to. So I started to put those plans into place. And then friends of mine were like, hey, I'm like, girl, I'm not good. They're like, no, but you're better than me. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that you have these foundational things. Can you teach me how to do that? Yeah. And so I re sparked up this budget Nista that I was doing for fun, and I thought maybe this can now become a business because so many people were struggling. Yeah. Yeah, but, and I'm so glad we, we talked, I know we talked offline about this, about how nothing is wasted, and that something that you might think is the worst thing or so terrible or whatever, give it some time. Yes. Because I could not do what I do now without yeah. that, because up until 26, I was financially perfect. Mm. 80, 803 or credit score, yeah. $30,000 saved, yeah. living off half my income. I was doing everything that I was taught to do. And so that Tiffany was teaching from a place of, I don't get it. Why are you using your credit card like that? Because mm. I paid off. I never, I mean, I never kept a credit card. I'm like, what's credit card debt? Mm. I paid off every month in full. Every month? Yeah, every single month. Because that's what I learned at home. I don't get it. Why do you have debt? I don't. So I could not conceptualize what that felt like internally. So I was teaching from a place of like judgment, if I'm being honest. Mm, okay. I didn't think so. Okay, okay. Then I went through all of that. I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. My $35,000 of credit card debt. You know, I use the, I do use the snowball method. It yep. took me three and a half years to pay it off. But now I got you the got. stress of it. I got what it looked like to be like, oh, no, no, no. I understand how you're feeling. Yes. I understand that you might not have it. Yep. There was times when I was like, somebody's not going to get it. I got it. And so, so I'm grateful for that because now I teach from a place of not just compassion, but empathy, because I was here where you were. Yes. I was right next to you. So I know that feeling that you're feeling, and I'm not here to judge you or make you feel bad. We're just here to look for solutions. And you are, you give solutions all throughout your platforms, especially in your last book, which is a New York Times bestseller. Mm -hmm. um, Y'all get good with money. Mm -hmm. It was an amazing book. Um, I bought five of them. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? I bought one for myself, read it, um, and then I gave uh, my family members it. Thank you. you. Know, it's it's there's a lot of how I say this respectfully. <laughs> there's a lot of people in the money space that I believe should not be in the money space. Mm -hmm. Let me put it like that. I, I, I'm not going to hint to <laughs> who, what, where they are, but um, there's but there's only a little bit of people who teach financial literacy who I would be like, yes, that's that's one. And Tiffany is the number one in our space. And there's a lot in the space I think are coming up and I'm hearing some sound doctrine stuff. I'm like, okay, let me see more and more and more. But if y'all really look at it, I really don't bring on other people who are in my space on my show because some of their principles I just don't know. Tiffany legit. 
Thank you. Because, I mean, a lot of your stuff is, here's a solution, mm-hmm. but you lead with empathy. Yes. But it's like you still going to whoop my butt mm-hmm. in the whole process of giving me the solution. Yeah, because clear is, here's the thing, there's nice and there's kind. Yes. And clear is kind. Yeah. You know, like I'm here to be like, you know, I'm not here to, I mean, I'm not necessarily a tough love person, just as a preschool teacher, more love love. Yeah. But still there's corrective energy when you're teaching yeah. preschool. Like, Jaheem, you're just not going to hit Sarah and it's just going <laughs> to... You know, we're going to talk about happy hands. Right, right. right. Oh, and so I'm still going to gather your edges together, yeah, yeah. but from a place of kindness, yeah, you know, yeah. because I want you, I don't, especially women, my, my core audience is black women. And so I want you to not have to struggle alone like I did, because I know how lonely yeah. it felt in that space, you know, yeah. that I'm here to say, sis, let's hold up a mirror yeah. to like, how do we get here? And that's okay. Mm. You know, but then, because honestly, once you acknowledge that, then we can get you here and now I am debt free like a toddler. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't have any mortgages. I have two properties. I just sold my third one. Talk about it. I have my car. I don't have a car note. When I bought it, I it was a, a two year certified pre owned. Talk I about paid it. Paid for cash. You know, like when I say I have no, and I pay off my credit card debt every month and full. I'm back to that. Talk once I it. once I paid off that thirty five thousand dollars scam. Right. I never went back to carrying. Wow. You know, credit card debt. So I was like, not me. No, I'm. I'm not built for it. You know, me and you are one of the only ones who teach that method. Yeah. You know. Why, why do you believe, like, I, I'm curious, You, you, your first house you paid $150,000 for, not your first house, but. My, well, my first, my condo when I was 25, I, that I had a mortgage. Right. It was 220. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the one, the house. That I live in now. Now you yeah. pay cash for that. Yes, it was a it was foreclosure. Why? I'm curious. At your level, why would you go pay cash? Why not? Because some people look at me and you're like, well, that's crazy. You could have finance it, and then go put that money in yeah. investment, and then... Well, that, I'll money. say that for the second house. So I'll say this. That house, I had to buy cash. It was the bank. You know, the bank was, like, not trying to hear that. They're like, you either have it, you don't. We're only taking cash. Because okay. these people done took us through it. Right. You want this house or not? Right. It was worth three sixty three eighty at the time. I paid one eighty for it. And so I was like, you know, that was the first time I ever did anything even close to that. Well, that's not true. I paid off my parents' house a, a year before right. for, for 120000 I mean, their house is worth more than that, but they had a mortgage more left over. Okay. Because um, they would have been paid off, but they sent the baby to school. Yes. You know, so they got a second mortgage. She got she went to school, got her degree. Yeah. And so my mom at the time was a nurse, and she wasn't quite retirement age, but she was tired. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know? And so I remember I used to have this dream that one day that I would go to the house and, like, literally like a dream that I would dream and, and, and tell her, you don't have to go to work today. Mm. And that was like a big dream for me. And my dad already retired himself. Mm-hmm. He's older than my mom by like 11 years, so he was already retired. And, um, and so I remember like my dad, he said something that I wasn't used to, something like um, that indicated that maybe things were a little financially tight. Mm. You know, and so she had, cause she had already, she's like, I can't, this job, mm-mm. she can't. She had already left, you know? Yeah. And so, and so that was the first time I ever heard. I was like, wait, what? 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 He was like, no, no, we all right. Cause he's like, but I was anticipating she was going to retire in a few years. So I had mapped out the plan to according that. to that. So now we're just reconfiguring the plan, you know? Yeah. And I said, well, what would make the plan get back on track? He was like, you know, by the time your mother was going to retire, the house would have been paid off. That would have, you know. That would have put put me on track, like you know, like we got our retirement, we got our account, I pay the bill, we good. Yeah. And I was like, well, how much is the what's left over? He was like, one hundred twenty thousand. I said, so at the time, my late husband, I said, Jarrell, you know, what do you think, you know, about like us paying off? He's like, well, if my mom was still alive, I would have loved to be able to do that. Wow. You know, and because that's not a decision you make on your own, you yeah. know. Yeah. And so he was like, I would like let's do that. Yeah. And so I told my dad, I was like, you know. Daddy, I think I want to pay off your mortgage. And that was the first time I think he ever realized the like the business and how it was going. 
He was like, what are you talking about? What's going on, fam? It's your boy, Anthony O'Neill. Have you ever wanted to uh, get into a new culture? Or are you even thinking about taking a trip and you really want to know what people are saying around you? Or maybe you're like me and you want to learn something new. I remember how hard it was to learn a language in school. And because the textbooks, it wasn't enough for me. Well, let me introduce you to my new friends over at Rosetta Stone. It's a top choice for learning languages and has been for over 30 years. Now you can use it right on your computer or on your phone. It's more than just trusting and remembering words. It's about getting deep into the language, being able to speak, listen, and even think differently. You see, Rosetta Stone has 25 languages from Spanish to French to even Japanese and a whole lot more. They even have this cool speech recognition called True Accent that helps you say things right. And there's a special deal just for you. A lifetime membership to all 25 languages for 50% off. So don't wait. Now's the perfect time to start learning a new language. My listeners can get this awesome deal for a limited time. Just go to rosettastone.com today. Start unlocking languages and traveling with no worries by going to rosettastone.com today. Let's forget about all these language barriers and let's get into today's show. What's going on, family? It's your boy, Anthony O'Neill. Now, before we get into today's show, I want to talk about something that's very important to me. You see, growing up, seeing folks who looked like me on TV, hearing them on the radio or reading their words, it showed me we could own our own narratives. It's more than just seeing black faces. It's about hearing our truths. You see, legends like Oprah and icons like Tyler Perry, they weren't just entertaining. They were mirrors of our resilience, our joy and our struggles. That's why NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths hits totally different. It's a whole vibe of celebration, capturing every shade of our experience. Imagine diving into the tales that speak to our soul, from the laughter and love to the real talk about what shapes us, from legends in the game to stories about our everyday heroes. This collection has no bounds. You see, recently I got to tune into an episode and let me keep it real with you. It's like sitting down with my family. The host, the stories, it's all about us and it's for us. It's real, it's raw, it's relevant, and it's uplifting. Showing every facet of being black in today's world. It's time to level up our playlist. After today's show, dive into Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR. Wherever you get your podcasts, Let's keep making sure our stories are told by us for us. Now, let's get to today's show. What's going on, family? Let's talk about something that's been buzzing in the tech world, AI safety and security. How do you feel about the rapid advancements in AI and the potential risk that it brings? Have you heard of the stories about AI being tricked? It's a real concern, but fear not because there's a real solution. AI Red Teaming. You see, AI red teaming is all about stress testing. You see, AI models and deployments to prevent unauthorized access and data leaks. It's about ensuring that your AI can't be tricked into providing information beyond its intended use. And guess what? You don't have to do it alone. My friends over at HackerOne has a community of over 750 active hackers specializing in AI security testing. You see, in a recent engagement, just 18 hackers identified over 100 valid findings in just two weeks. That's the power of ethical hackers. Wow. 
So if you want to ensure the safety and security of your AI deployments, look no further. Head over to HackerOne.com and explore their AI red teaming services. With strategic flexibility, rapid deployment, and a hybrid talent strategy, HackerOne has everyone, everything you need to safeguard your AI. Don't let AI keep you up at night. Visit HackerOne.com today and rest easy knowing that your AI is in safe hands. Wow. And I was like, yeah, he was like, because um, of course he'd seen things, but you don't really, you know, and so he was like, um, I said, yeah. So my mother came flying from around the corner with her nose and stuff because I was trying to talk to him in whispered tones. <laughs> and she was like, what? what? What's happening? I was like. <laughs> and then um, he was like, is that going to make you broke? I was like, am I not your daughter? Uh, like, who you raise? Uh, I know I forgot myself in my 20s when, when I'm in, but I'm back. Yeah. And he was like, are you sure? So, yeah. Um, so I paid it off. Like, I think it was like, I spoke to him like on a Friday. That Monday called, sent the wire. He called me like, I never heard him so emotional because my dad's pretty stoic. He was like, I must have called that line 20 times, Tiffany, to hear your balance is zero. He was like, how is this even? Because of all the all the girls, I was the wildest one. And I call it Nigerian bad, meaning like I got to see you on occasion. I, I talked in class when I wasn't supposed to. Like, you know, I was not, you know, like that's considered in the streets for Nigerians. Yeah. Like, what is this? The rest of your sisters are straight age, you know? Wow. So I was like the look at Tiffany. Wow. Like, we don't know. We're going to pray over you because I literally remember having like a family meeting where they laid hands to pray. Are you serious? Because you had a seat? It's not just that, but like I just used to like I was quite the chatterbox in school. I was a little defiant at home, like nah, I don't want to do my homework, you know. So they were like, uh, uh-uh, we laying hands and praying, cause whatever the spirit it is. Now I look back, I'm like, it's some extra, but here I am. You are today. Yes, but I mean, and so yeah, so he was. They were so excited, and and it, it wasn't. I remember thinking to myself, I'm disappointed I didn't get the chance to retire my mom, and a few years ago, she was telling me like, you know, I'm so grateful for you, Tiffany. Because of you, I've been able to retire peacefully. And it, like, hit me that, like, you did get to retire her. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I mean, the, her tone, because I, I can't imagine the financial responsibility of raising five kids. Mm. And we're, five, we're all two years apart but the baby. So you had a six-year-old, a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a newborn Wow. at one point. And just think about, like, what that looks like for college. Yes. What that looks like, high school hair, all the clothes. And, you know, we never lacked for anything. You know, we, we, I mean, certainly when we were younger, it, I mean, I didn't know that we were like, you know, basically poor. You know, you don't realize, you know, yeah. you know, but I just think about like all they sacrificed. And I said no more. Mm. So it took her a while, especially because I not only did I pay out the mortgage, I said, and what else? I was like, if anything breaks in this house, I don't want you don't pull from your because he's like, I got it when it comes to like taking care of our day to day needs, you know, because like we have the retirement account. You know, we have Social Security. My dad is like, you know, he's brilliant still in his 80s. Yeah. He said, but I said, I remember they needed a new back deck. It was $12,000. I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh, I got it. Mm. And they were like, okay, mm. right? And then, too, I was like, let me send the money every month. It really low-key is not really so much for my dad. Yeah. Um, it's because since he manages their finances and my mom is not working, I as a woman to be able to feel like I don't feel like so babe I gotta get my hair so but I want I want her to really be like I got to ask that man You're like he got the hell, but I want to do something if I want to get a dress so I started to send them money like I said I knew my dad was gonna do exactly what he does do with it send it back home to Nigeria because he's like we good right but I wanted my mom to be able to be like I can get a dress I can yeah. get I can do whatever so I start up at 500 bucks a month and now it's 750 Mm-hmm. To just like, just, just like, yeah, yeah. And I just said, well, well, my mom's 750, my dad's 750. My mom's like, send it two separate checks. 
because I'm like my own little. <laughs> and so, but I love that for her because now she can do like that's her allowance to be like I know the bills are paid. This is and I tell my dad all the time. Don't bother mommy about how many. That is not for anything except for whatever she wants. I don't care if she throws that out the window. Right. This is because you raised five girls and sacrificed long enough. Wow. If you want that dress and it's $200, sis, get it. Mm. If you want to get your hair done twice in a you I don't want you to, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so, and then also, too, because my mom's a great cook. Um, but, like, in his older years, my dad's got pickier. And also, too, I was like, we're not really home. So I, my husband and I had hired a woman to cook for us because I just was so busy. Mm -hmm. And so I remember um, I asked him, what, could, what would it look like for me to be a better wife? You know, we would have these kind of conversations. And he was like, I would love to come home to a home-cooked meal. And I would struggle to get food on by, like, 9 o'clock because the budgetista had me so busy. And I would feel so bad. Like, I would cook, but it would be, like, 9. I'm like... He's your food. I know. I mean, he cooked too. Right. Sometimes, but like, you know, I was like, this is what we, I asked, he, you asked me what you want. And yeah. he's like, I love a clean house, which I do keep a clean house. And, yeah. but also too, I would love, like my husband, um, my late husband is a twin. Yeah. And so his twin's um, um, wife, she like throws down in the kitchen. I was like, Shailene. <laughs> so instead I was like, what's the alternative? So I hired this beautiful West Indian woman, Miss mm -hmm. Nisha. And so she cooks down. So that was great. So she used to cook for us. Wow. So he, I was like, okay. So he would come home to this home cooked meal and I played it beautifully when you get home, you know? And so, so, but I, now Nisha also cooks for my parents. So every Sunday she drops off food for the week. Wow. So now, cause I was like, especially my mother, I'm like, I don't want you to have to think about anything. Daddy got the bills. Yeah. You have your money to do whatever you want with. So to hear her tone when she calls me every month to say, your blessing came. That's what she calls it, the 750. Your blessing came. I just want to say thank you so much. The lightness in her voice. Mm. She's like, I'm not worried. I'm not stressed. I can go on vacation. I can do whatever it is that I want. Mm. Me and your daddy, we don't have to. She knows if something breaks, I got it. You know, so I just, to me, that's what the money is for. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you see me, you don't see me in my Target's best. Yeah. You know, I don't have, like, there's nothing wrong if that's what you want, but I don't have, like, some fancy, my car is fine for me, yeah. you know, and I have, I, you know, I live off probably like 20% of what I make, you know, but for me, that to me is what the money is for. I mean, yes, certainly to like have a comfortable life for myself, yeah. but to make sure that the people that I care about, especially my parents, I'm like, no, no, no. I don't know how much longer, you know, you have them. And I want that while they're here, that their life is comfortable. I don't want you to ever worry about money is not going to be a thing that you're going to have to stress about. Not when I'm here. In, in your new book, I'm going to go there mm -hmm. because in Made Whole, um, you, you really highlight on financial wholeness yes. compared to financial freedom. Mm -hmm. what I, when I'm hearing you talking, I'm like, man, Tiffany, you on to something. Mm -hmm. just, just, I just want to encourage you, well, encourage you to keep going and thank you for doing that because that is my goal one day mm -hmm. to be able to bless my parents tremendously. Mm -hmm. The hardest part about me is I have four parents. Mm -hmm. So I have two biological parents and two step parents. Okay. So the only reason why I haven't cut a check yet is because if I cut a check for one, they're going to become. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if I cut a check from my mama, mm -hmm. my daddy's going to be like, okay, where my, where my mm -hmm. check? If I cut a check from my daddy, oh my gosh, my mama's coming for me. <laughs> so I'm sitting here like, okay, God, what is that strategy and how can I be a blessing mm -hmm. to them? Uh, because I'm watching my parents and my mom and my other father had to raise three children, me and two other siblings. Mm -hmm. And then my dad and my other mother just had to raise me. Mm -hmm. And they all made a lot of sacrifices yeah. for me and my siblings. Uh, my mom quit her job just to take care of her two knucklehead boys, you know, and my dad uh, retired early from the military because 
my last two years of high school, they went and shipped him overseas. And I couldn't go. And so he was like, no, I don't want to leave my son. Yeah. So he sacrificed and left the mm-hmm. army early and went civilian just to make sure that I graduated high school. Mm. And it's so funny. Your parents upset about a C. My dad was happy if I got a C. <laughs> <laughs> my dad was like, boys, please get a C. Please get a C. Please, please, please. You know, and so when I hear that, I'm like, man, I, I look forward to that day where I can cut that check. Yeah. Uh, but talk to us about what is financial wholeness? So I came up with a, so the teacher in me was like, Tiffany, you were taught to teach to the 80% of the classroom. So in, in any classroom, you're going to have 10% that are like really quick to catch on. They got this. They might even need to be skipped. Okay. And you're going to have 10% that might have some developmental challenges. And you're like, okay, extra support is needed. But 80%, you know, the concept, they can absorb the concept. They got it. And so what I noticed in our space is that people started to just teach to that top 10%. Of like, this is how you make a million dollars in a year. Mm-hmm. This is how you make it. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But where is the 80%? Where is just like, if where is the, the stuff for the preschool teacher, the mechanic, the nurse who might not ever, she doesn't want to necessarily start a business. Maybe she does, but mm-hmm. where's the stuff for her? So if you're not a millionaire, does that mean you don't get to live a good life? Ooh. I refuse to think that if I stayed a preschool teacher, that meant I would have not have a good life. Not the direction I was going in, you know? Mm-hmm. And I said, so I'm, I started to write Made Whole, which is a companion book to Get Go With Money. Yeah. From, a, from the perspective of, this is for the teacher, the mechanic. This is for, like, that Tiffany that if she had not started a business, you know, I would have had my, because I had my side hustles and things then, you know, but, like, that regular, everyday person. Mm-hmm. So what is that? Because financial freedom to me means almost like you have this, like, pile of money that you don't have to work anymore. And that's ideal. Mm-hmm. And I would love that for everybody. Mm-hmm. But what if that doesn't happen. Mm. This is the what if that doesn't happen. Mm. And it's like, so it's these 10 components okay. for financial wholeness. Your budget, yep. savings, okay. debt, yep. credit, learning to earn. So that's the foundational components okay. of financial wholeness, like mastering those things. Master those things. Mm-hmm. What was number five? Um, learning to earn. Learning to earn. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then six, so this is like the next level to financial wholeness. It is investing mm-hmm. for both wealth and retirement. It is insurance. Okay. It is building your team, yep. your financial team. It is your net worth. Ooh. And last but not least, estate planning. So these are the 10 components. If you can master these 10 components, so whether you're 25 and making 30,000 or you're 85 and making 300,000, you can master these 10 components are available to anyone across the financial spectrum. So if you master these 10 components, then you will reach what I call financial wholeness, which is when you will be able to financially sustain the the life that you desire. Wow. You know, like in this most basic form. So maybe you don't have a yacht, but you can go on vacation. Maybe you don't have the Lambo, but you have a nice solid car that gets you back and forth. You see what I mean? So that's that's the 80%. And so the teacher in me, I wrote it step by step by step. There's homework Mm -hmm. in each each of the steps. I show you how someone else has done it so you can follow along with it. I have stories from people who read Good Good With Money, mm-hmm. how they did that step. Maybe there was a single mom. Maybe somebody had just lost their job. Like, for example, the story about insurance. Um, I talk about how I lost my husband and how really, in the estate planning chapter especially, and how that really changed my perspective of what estate planning really should look like. Yes, yeah. And so, like, because I wanted to integrate not just, like, here's how you do the steps, but here's how it looks like in the real world, yeah, you know? Yeah. And yes. then give you a chance to practice. The, the teacher in me was like, you're going to get a chance to practice these steps. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm just really proud of um, 
I've made whole because it's a workbook that you could take with you. It's hardcover. It's needed. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted to be able to open it and write in it. Yes. You know? And um, and so I'm just really happy. So it comes out tomorrow, and I'm just, like, excited for people to get into their hands. Yo, listen, we, we, we dropping that. <laughs> we dropping that. And, and I want everybody to get that book and walk through that process. Um, because... Uh, this is literally, and this is why she's on the show. She literally teaches everything that I teach, and I want I want to support her. I want to help her win because this is everything that we need. I've been real big on estate planning mm-hmm. for for especially for people of color. Yes, because we're not doing it. No, we're not. Even candidly, like so, I thankfully had a really amazing financial advisor. Mm-hmm. Um, so she sometimes you know you don't realize you're like, what's that whisper the guys been telling me? Mm-hmm. And it was like I was making a lot of money, and I was like, okay, I'm really good at making this money, and I knew how to invest. But not at the rate that I was making and the kind of money that I was making. Yeah. It was just a beyond me and beyond anyone in my family, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I need help with yeah. navigating at this level. Mm-hmm. So I got a financial advisor. And I remember I was annoyed at first because we actually didn't focus on the money part at first. In the beginning, she was like, I need to see all your financial paperwork, all your insurance policies. I need to see your husband's pension. I, need... I was like, girl, come here. I got money. I want... How do I make this girl? She's like, mm-mm. It was the founder. I did not understand you know, and so we went through all that. She's like, you're underinsured, Tiffany. You need more insurance. You need this. You, I mean, she got us, the beneficiaries are, are, are um, like this. Is like you're like um, my um, husband has a have a bonus daughter, okay. Alyssa. And her mom was a beneficiary on some of the accounts because when he first started working for the city. Yeah. You know, they were together. Right. So she was a beneficiary on those accounts because, you know, you don't think to update your benefits. So all that was updated. Exactly. And me, me and Shante are cool, but I'm not cool. And she's like, oh, you know. And, so, and so, uh, so all of that stuff, thank God for all those things. Yes. You know, and then we got to like, it took about a year before we got to like, okay, here's how you start to grow wealth with the money yeah. um, that you have. And that estate planning, like it's your beneficiaries updating them. It's your will. And candidly, we literally a week prior to him passing away, she was harping on, get your will finished, Tiffany. And we hadn't. Because I'm like, we're at the time, he's 41. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, we're so young. Well, you know, we're going to do it this week. We're going to do it. Yeah. But it was really like a year. She was like, your will, your will, your will. And so we had done about 85% of estate planning. But that 15 that we didn't do, let me tell you. Was it, you felt it? Felt it. You know, it was really, and I was like, so now I'm like, so of course now I have my will. I went to my parents, I was like, uh-uh. Because my yeah. dad had been like, oh, later. I'm like, sir, you're in your 80s. Later yeah. is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, they have their will fully updated. Yeah. They have their living will updated. They have their health care initiative updated. Tom. You know, I created a trust. I just finished and got that notarized. Yes. So all my businesses are in the trust because I have a very complicated. So if something happens to me, it would be a mess for my sisters and my parents to unravel and I'm like but not anymore everything is in here my instructions are very clear this is what this is what you left this is what you left this is what's left over this is what to do with the businesses yep. this is you know and so like it just that that clarity when I tell you when he my husband passed away it was about two years ago yeah I remember that time it was so crazy because I just remember thinking like I'm so because people lose their husbands in their homes mm-hmm. and I've had friends you know what I mean like meaning like the financial component just you get destroyed but I got to just miss him. And I want that for everyone because although we don't ever think about losing our people, you know? You just said something right there. You know, I get to just miss him. I don't I don't have to worry about the financial ramifications. And here's what I, because people might be like, that's easy for you to say, Tiffany, you rich. Mm-mm. My husband, candidly, never made over $60,000 a year working for the city. And before we got married, he had already had 
a, um, a life insurance policy in place, a tremendous one for baby girl. Okay. He had a great one for for through his job. I did not know this, but he took extra money out of his paycheck to bump it up to the highest at sixty thousand dollars a year, right? And on top of, I mean, so he had all these plans in place that even if I was not here, she would have been good without yeah, stepmommy. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, so it's possible. You don't got to make a lot of money is what I'm saying. That's what I love about financial wholeness. He had done all of that. And I remember him hearing him on the phone with his friends, like getting on them like, man, you need to get your policy. Yeah. Like, you know, because someone would pass away and he'd be like, you see, such and such passed away. And we all trying to raise money to bury them. At least get a policy to bury you, son. Yeah. You know? And so I just understand that this is not a perspective of this is from someone who's made a lot of money that no, no, no. Like he did that outside of our relationship. And, and if anything... Like, I mean, I've, I'm, I was already going to be good financially, but he left me in an even better financial position, you know? And like I said, like, college for her is paid off. Her first house is already paid for. Like, when, yes, all of that, independent of me, mm -hmm, through his insurance. Because mm -hmm. we had already been saving for college, but we had not fully funded. And it was like, oh, the policies just helped to plug all of those holes. So I just say all that to say that, like, yeah, that, that estate planning hits different. You know, like I, when I like really led into that chapter, I was like, you know, you just think that like, you know, that death is the most common, uncommon thing. It is. Meaning like we know every day someone dies. We know that. Right. But not your someone. Right, 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 right. You know what I mean? Right. Like people die, but not your oh, people. Ooh. So it's like common, but so uncommon. Ooh. And so when it's you, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And so if you can put plans in place, and not leave your family in like this tizzy, you know what I mean? Like, what about this? And da, 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 da. you know, like I said, we talked about my husband and I. Thankfully, we talked about everything. We had our financial planner, yeah. So I knew what his wishes were, yeah. You know, so even though I didn't have this written will, he he was also open with his family. So we really knew what his wishes were, like what he wanted for Alyssa, what he yeah. wanted for me. What he, so it wasn't, you know, but it still were some gray areas where it would be nice. Even when it came down to like, um, he was an organ donor. Okay. And I remember it was so crazy how God really works because two weeks prior, so the doctors when so he had an aneurysm, okay. which is like when you have like a bubble in your vein in your in your brain and it like bursts and yeah. you know um, and so literally on Monday he just called me and said I have a terrible headache and on Thursday he was gone so it was like this man who was six six slim beautiful I mean like just a specimen yeah. just gone like that. And I remember when we kind of knew he wasn't going to make it because only 2% of people who pass away are eligible to donate okay. organs because, one, you have to pass away in a hospital. Okay. You have to pass away on a respirator. There's all these specific things. things. Yeah. And then on top of that, imagine how many black people yeah. actually, because there's certain things like for specifically that they ask me, so because he's a black man, this would really help yeah. because there are only certain things that that can only go from, Black. from yeah, mm -hmm. and I was just like, okay. And so I was like, I don't, like his license didn't say organ donor. And Alyssa was like, no, no, no. Two weeks ago, I was going through daddy's wallet and I took out his, his, um, his um, license. And I said, how come you don't have organ donor? checked off and like so many black people they were like he was like I am an organ donor just so you know Liz but I want it on my car just in case so, <laughs> you know guys like he's like they're gonna harvest your organs if you get to a car accident you know but he was like but he literally said which sounds so much like him they could take my heart my soul whatever yeah. like I don't need the body like you know when I'm no longer here so to even even that piece you know what I mean that she had just had that conversation and so I got a beautiful letter from someone who his, I think it was either his spleen or his, save like their person's life. I mean, literally when you donate an organ, 
like their body is still alive. Yeah. You know, because they have they have to keep it alive as they operate. Right. But you know, they're gone. Yeah. And so they're rolling and you see the helicopters land, people with like ice boxes coming because literally there's someone in another hospital who was this close. And so like even like if you knew him, he was just the kindest. Like, just the sweetest. Like, he's the type to give you your shirt off the back. So the fact that that was the last gift yeah. was so fitting for him yeah. that people lived that day yeah. as a result of, like, you know, like, of him giving of himself one last time. Man. And so, like, to me, like, I've always lived a life of service. And so, to me, that's why I wrote Made Whole, because I was just like, you know, I want, and even why I started The Budgetista, because it's not just enough to talk. The teacher in me is like, how can I create a step-by-step easy to understand guide to navigating this space of money. And so I'm just really proud of okay. that book, you know, like like you and your amazing book. I, I was nervous about being on the cover of my book. You were? Because I was like, are they going to buy from a black girl? Hey, man, listen. You know, and so I was nervous about it, but then Get Good With Money, I was on that cover. It sold nearly 300,000 copies already in two years. Yeah. And so when the companion book came around for me to write that, I was like, no, I want to be on the cover again. Absolutely. You know, because what I found is that, like, it's not just black women who's purchased the book. Mm -hmm. That people were open. I, I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so I'm just really proud of, like, being able to, like, use, like, my life experiences to serve other people. No. And this is stuff that we got to have. Mm -hmm. Because in today's day and time, everything's about making a million dollars, making a million dollars. Yeah. Nothing is, is talking to, not say nothing, the average money person is not talking to the person who's living paycheck to paycheck. Yes. That person doesn't want to talk to that fifty thousand dollar man or woman, mm -hmm. and I'm very big within my community. I have a I have a majority woman community too mm -hmm. as well, um, and they don't like it when I say this, but I tell them like, "Hey man, date that school teacher," because it's not just about the guy who makes a half a million. The guy making fifty thousand, sixty thousand is going to put more money into his insurance to make sure the jerk cover. I'll He's going to invest a lot. I say this, so I am never going to like tell women who to date, but I'll say this mm -hmm. that. Whatever your preferences are, make sure it's your preference. That's good. Because I'm not going to lie, when I started dating my husband, you know, I mean, I, I have two degrees. Yeah. He does not have a college degree. He did not have a college degree. They wasn't, there was no cheerleaders. Like, yeah, it was like, <laughs> are you sure? Are you settling? Are you? And then they met him. Mm. I mean, my Jarrell called my parents more than me. I started to call my parents more because of him. He was like, and, be, and because what he did for, he was a super. So it wasn't nothing he couldn't fix. So when something happened, all of a sudden Jarrell was like, "Oh no, I'm at your, I'm at your parents' house. Yep, mm -hmm, I'm fixing the toilet. Yep, I'll be back home." I mean, they were like, "I'm so sorry." I remember distinctly, my mother was like, "I was wrong." Mm. She's like, "I know that I said I wanted this type of. You picked the perfect man." Wow. Because I, I mean, I have siblings who've married doctors, you yeah, know, yeah, and they're great too. But she was like, "Ain't nobody in the house like Jarrell's in this house." Wow. Fixing, making sure. I mean, every week he called my dad. Who do you with? He'd be like, Shh, "My friend, my friend." Oh, okay, Mister. And it's your daddy. Yes. And what I love that he had this policy. He said, "Tiffany, when I talk to your dad or older people, he said I always make sure I have." Like an afternoon, if I need it, he said, like, because I don't ever want to hang up first. I want to be like, all right, son, I'll talk to you. Like, let him. And I, I never thought about that. So you know, I do that to this day to my dad wow. because you know, all the people always rush. Oh, I gotta go, gotta go. Yeah. You know, it's like let them talk themselves tired. Sometimes it's ten minutes, sometimes it's three hours. Mm. So he would always say, I would let him talk until he was done, and excuse me, you know. And I just was like, but those are lessons I get to take. When he passed away, I remember like. I don't even know how this lady, little old lady down the street 
knew he passed away, but she rang my doorbell, and I thought she was lost, and she was like, you know, is this where that really talk, my husband was 6'6", gentleman lived, and I said, yes, she said, I heard he passed away, and I was like, yes, and she's like, I'm so sorry for your loss, he used to mow my lawn and rake the leaves, and I'm like. And you didn't know? No, because that's how he was. He, I can, I, I promise you what he saw, this little lady was like probably five foot tall, mm -hmm. outside struggling, driving, he was like, uh-uh, pulled over, and was like, hi, my name is Jarrell, do you want me to help you? Because that's how he was. I can't tell you how many times he would run in the house like, quick, babe, get my, my, um, my tools or whatever. I'm like, what happened? Someone's car broke down down the street. Who? I don't know. And I'm like, well, are you, are you AAA? But that was him. I mean, just the nicest, kindest. And so, like, the loss, it was crazy because as much as the loss was great to me, I just did not realize to the community. I mean, I didn't even make his his home going as public. It was 500 people just showed up. The hospital, when he was, they had to give get us a separate room because people, they were like, who is he? Wow. I mean, because so many people were like, can I just tell you what your husband did for me? Yeah. He let me sleep here. He, you know, he fed me what I didn't have. He did just, I remember when I first, first, first met him, I was a preschool teacher and he was the maintenance man of the building. Yeah. And watching how he navigated, it was a senior citizen's building, which was odd because they had the preschool in the, in the basement. Um, and I remember watching him navigate these older people taking them to go like at, at, we were twenty something. Yeah. Taking them to go food shopping, fixing things that weren't like you know that wasn't his responsibility. Yeah. And I remember distinctly asking him like, "Are you a Christian?" And he was like, "Well, I mean, we're not growing up. Like my mom didn't always take us to church. I mean, I guess." And I was like, "Because you're the most I've never seen it in action like this." I remember distinctly saying that because this is what it looks like mm. to navigate from a place of Christianity. Mm. You know what I mean? I just was like, because I've never. I've never seen anyone like so giving, so open, you know what I mean? And I just was just like, okay. Like keep my eye on him because I just was like, we didn't really start dating until our thirties. Mm. You know, like Facebook was like, somebody you might need to know. And I was like, oh, you know? <laughs> but I just remember thinking like, I never, and that's how he was, wow. you know? And so even now I'm like, I mean, I trying my best to be like, how do I continue that kind of like work? You know, like I, I consider myself someone who was like of service, but like, yeah. it's like, I, I mean, it's like knew no bounds. I just did not realize how many people's lives had, and, and I never felt lack at home. Uh. You know what I mean? That's the thing, that it's one thing, you know, sometimes people like, you hear P PKs, preacher's kids will be like, child, my dad was helping everybody else, but I felt neglected at home. And that's what preacher's kids usually say. But I, I did not know, I mean, I knew the service he was doing, but I didn't know to what extent, because at home, he was a present father, a present husband. We went from the last year and a half of our marriage, from a good marriage to a great one. Because mm. I, growing up, Nigerians, communication is not, is not part of our ministry <laughs> in the Nigerian community. And so he taught me how to communicate wow. effectively. Because I'd just be like, well, I'm just going to be silent. He's like, we're actually not going to do that. Ooh. Mm -hmm. We're going to, if you, if there's an issue, we're going to talk about it. We talked about like, what do you need for me to be a better husband? What do you need for me to be a better wife? We had a safe word when we, um, when we had um, disagreements that went from helpful to hurtful. Mm. It was like, okay, this is actually, like we're wearing the same jersey. Mm -hmm. So if you're Scottie Pippen and I'm Jordan, like why are we tussling mm. verbally when we're wearing the same jersey? Mm. So then it was like, okay, when a conversation starts to go from helpful to hurtful, because you know you're just trying to win. Right. Like, and another thing. Yeah, yeah. He was like, let's come up with a safe word. So we came up with this word pineapples, where if we were like, you know what? Then the other person would be like pineapples. That meant you had to stop talking and we would separate. And so because it was like, whatever you about to say next, it's not, it's not good for the team. Yeah. So, you know, so you're like, uh, 
So once you really understand that you're wearing the same jersey, mm -hmm. you start to realize that like if you lose in this, then I actually lose right alongside you. Ah. You know, it might be a temporary little win, but holistically we lose we as a team. We both lose. Mm -hmm. So we talked about everything, finances, everything that you can think of. Like, and so as a result, like, you know, we we went from a good marriage to like really a great marriage. Yeah. I remember I was working so much, business was booming. I had my first eight figure year. We made $10 million a year in business. Mm -hmm. And I was doing the best in business, but I was like, I was 30 pounds overweight. My, my blood pressure was like, the doctor was like, I'm gonna have to put you on blood pressure medication. I'm like, like I'm 60? And it was like, so I was like, so I'm like, what's really happening here, Tiffany? This level of achievement, but like, look what it's costing you. Mm. And I was like, I felt like I was never seeing him. Mm. And I just remember like at the time, I was like, okay, I need help. So I got a business coach and I got a therapist because I was like, I don't know how to navigate my way out. And the business coach helped me to rearrange the business in a way so I wasn't, like I told my team could actually support me. Yeah. Cause I had a team, but I didn't know how to let them support me. Yeah. And the therapist made me realize and helped me to see like, what did I actually really want out of life and how to have the business support it versus me support the business. Yeah. And so my husband got off work at five and I remember thinking like, I wanna be able to like, he would come off work, but I'd be doing a podcast or this or that. And I'm like, all right, babe, food's in the fridge, da, 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 da. you know, like from down the stairs, cause my office was in my, my house. And, and then, but I'm like, but I don't want that. Mm. So I remember like, I was like, I'm gonna stop working at five. So then when he came home, it was like, everything stopped. And I would greet him at the door, give him a hug, take his jacket, you know, like, you know, we want me to make you a plate, this, you know, because we would already, he already know, like, I'm like, what is it, you know, your favorite food she would cook, yeah. Nisha would cook, and then we would talk for like an hour, and then he would go hang out with Alyssa, and then maybe go get a haircut, or he had a man cave, and like would watch him. So, but that, I didn't realize that there's food when you come home, yeah. and you're greeted at the door. Those two things transformed the level. He used to get home, because after work, maybe he might go hang out with the boys for a little bit. He used to get home at like six, seven, like, oh, I'm hanging out with the boys, get my hair cut. I'm like, oh, okay, no problem, because I'm like, I'm working either way. Right. He stopped getting home from like six, seven, and came home 5.15. I'm like, did you fly here? You get off at five. You the food was ready. Food was ready, but also he was like, yo, it is so peaceful, Ooh. so wonderful. Like, I was never not peaceful at home, but I really didn't, quote, unquote, I wasn't making time. Oh. So he was like, I love being home. Yeah. You he was like, uh-uh, yeah. I see him on the weekend. Like, I love being home. And I thought, okay. And so that, like, I now know what it looks like to be a really amazing partner. Oh, man. You know, how to create peace. Yeah. You know, how to create this most loving and am amazing environment at home. And so, but it's not just me creating that. Like, like the, your partner does too. Yeah. And, you know, and so... And now the shift, like I'm not working nearly as much because I realized that one of the ways that reasons why I was able to go so hard is because home was so great. It was a great balance. Yep. And so without like him being home, I was like, I don't have the taste for all this go, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. It's enough, Tiffany. Yeah. That has been my word since he passed away. Because he always felt like things were enough. I'm like, we can get a bigger house. He's like, well, we got a nice house. Mm -hmm. We get a fancier car. Well, we got a nice car. His thing was, if you good, and baby girl's good, I'm good. Uh -huh. He would always say that. I'm like, well, babe, why don't, he's like, Tiffany, you good, Alyssa good, I'm good. Mm -hmm. I don't need nothing else. And I was like, we're just not ambitious. You know, we should do, and he's just like, oh, well, you could do that, but like, I, I'm good. And so when he passed away, it made me realize he was right. Mm. You know what I mean? Like in the quest for more, nothing costs you more than making more money. And I said, girl, you already rich, what are we doing? Like, we, we don't need any more. And so now, it's a different budget needs to now. I'll be saying, no, 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 pick somebody else. 
I mean, and what the crazy part is, is that it's hard on the ego because I'm not as like, like seen. And also too, I don't make as much, like this was a really tough financial year. We were still in the black for both of all my businesses. I have a podcast, Brown Ambition, online school, the Literature Academy, and of course the Budgetista. Mm -hmm. And so like, but it was a tough financial year relative to what we normally are growing. So we're in the black, but we used to double, triple. Yeah. You know, this year was like, oh, we about net, net, but everybody got paid, I get a little, <laughs> but it wasn't, you know, and so, but I was just like, but I also had more time. I take a two hour walk every day. I take mm. an hour nap. I spend so much time with my nieces and my nephews. You know, I get to call my parents every week. You know what I mean? And so, like, I look. And so that's the hard part because it's like I can maybe be making more money, be seen more, be out there more, or I can actually have more of a life. And so that's the, that's the transition that I'm in now, the space of enough. And so that is kind of like the space where I'm teaching from, why I wrote, why I wrote Made Whole, which is like how do you get to this place where it is enough? You know, because ultimately... Nobody works really hard so they can continue to work really hard. You know what I mean? That is not the end goal, that's but that's what ends up going happening. Yes. You work really, really hard. Then my friend Brandis said this. She said, I wish people understood that the real work is not in the sowing. Mm -hmm. You know, you put the plant in the ground. It's really in the reaping. Yes. Because you think to yourself, like, oh, my gosh, I'm working so hard just to pop, just to get known. And then you get known. And then you get success. Managing the success is where the real work is. So if you overplant, you're going to overreap, which sounds good. One chocolate chip cookie, delicious. A hundred, you're about to have a stomach ache. You see what I mean? Anything in excess can become toxic. This is good. You know what I mean? And so that's what I realized that I had overshot the yeah. goal. They call it the law of depreciating returns. So it's like, you know, there's a return on investment. That's good. That's good. That's good. And then at, there's a level where after you go past this point, you actually start to reduce the value of the thing. Yeah. So you drink water, one cup, two cups, eight cups, 50 cups, you can actually drown yourself. Absolutely. So that's the depreciating return. And I had passed that long, that, but I did not know yeah. until I went too far. You know, but now I'm all the way back and I'm just like, so I'm figuring out the balance of what yeah. it looks like, you know, cause I don't know quite yet, Yeah. but it's enough. Yeah. It's enough. And that's something that I've, I've really been on too. Starting that business, I come from that hustle Go out there and hustle. Mm -hmm. Don't sleep. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Wake up at 5 a.m., go to bed at 12. Mm -hmm. And I started realizing, even with my therapist, Tiffany, that I was actually becoming unhealthy. Mm -hmm. I gained a lot of weight mm -hmm. um, around my stomach. And I remember looking at myself in the mirror one day when I got out of the shower, and my body was just loose, and I didn't like what I saw. Mm -hmm. Because I was making more money. And... I was, my brand was growing, but then when I looked at me, mm -hmm. I was like, but I'm not good. Mm -hmm. My mentally wasn't good. My physical wasn't good. And I was like, okay. And then I took a whole month off, okay, a whole sabbatical off. And I came back, told my team, hey, listen, we're not working on Fridays anymore. Good. You know, and it's like, we haven't, I, I don't talk to them on Fridays. Good. Um, I don't know what they do, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but I, I I really do try to take that time to mm -hmm. myself mm -hmm. because I want to make sure that I'm healthy whenever I do meet my wife, mm -hmm. whenever I, if I do have kids, mm -hmm. that I'm practicing that beforehand. And one of my mentors told me this, and man, we're already way over time. Now, this is Tiffany, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but it's like one of my mentors told me this. Is he said, Anthony, set your number. And when you hit that number, you don't need to go no more. Yeah. You, you, you don't, what you need five cars for? You know what I'm saying? Because four of them will be sitting there every day, mm -hmm. no matter what. And I was about to buy a big old house, about $3 million. Mortgage payments will be about $17,000 a month. Mm -hmm. 
And um, my mentor had to check me, a money guy. I was mm-hmm. like, why? It's just you and a dog. Mm-hmm. He said, the house you have right now is too big for you and that Wait, I didn't want to up. I said, hold up. I said, I know you have to, all by himself? All by myself. But, but this is the house that I want to start my No, family. yeah, but it's beautiful. Yeah, it's a beautiful house, yes. But then I was going to get a bigger house on a river yeah. where I can, you know, see the river. And my mentor was like, you're crazy. Because what he's really saying is to what end? Exactly. To what end? Right. Because also, too, you lock yourself in to now I got to make that's when you asked me before, like, you know, as far as for, for financial people, like, because yeah. I, I bought a condo okay. recently because although I love the house, because we built that house together yeah. Yeah. Um, and renovated it, um, it's just sometimes it's a lot to live there day to day. So I'm not selling it. Yeah. So my sister and her kids are going to live there, pay the carrying costs. She's going to save like one third of what she pays. Oof. You know, so that's a blessing. Right. The house, I bought it for 180 It's now worth 520 So I already got my money right. for the money people who are like, no, rent it for her full price. I'm like, the money. You already got your money. I'm, yeah, I'm good. And, and, and the interest, I mean, you're going. I'm good. Anyway. Yes, exactly. So I'm like, I don't have to make money on rent. Because also, too, do I want strangers in the house that I built my house? No. I want, and when, when I, because she lived down the street from me already. Okay. I remember telling my designer, I want a house that's very kid-friendly, because my niece and nephew were really young at the time, and they were over all the time. Yeah. And so I didn't realize that I was designing for them, because mm-hmm. now she's got this beautiful, kid-friendly house. It's, I call it beautiful, but not precious. That's good. You know what I mean? So I was like, but like, I didn't realize, you know, like, but that's why I said nothing is wasted. And so they're excited to move in. I bought the condo, and I paid for a cash. The condo was 520. Mm. And so on the surface, is that the smartest financial move? No. But was it the right financial move for me? Yeah. So I talked to my financial advisor. I said, Anjali, she said, I know. Mm-hmm. I know you're going to want to pay cash. If I know how you are. <laughs> and I said, and you can. Right. But, you know, because you're a high net worth individual, uh-huh. I can get you a really good interest rate. My ideal would be to for you to put down, you know, a good amount. Right. And then put the rest in the market. Right. And I said, but, she said, but. You like there's a certain amount of money that I like to set aside every like I, I have a goal that I want to hit by fifty, yeah. so in six years, and there's a certain amount of money that I I set aside every year. I had already done that, so me setting aside this additional like say three four hundred thousand would have been great, right. but I had already reached my goal right. for the year, you know. Yeah. And so she also teaches me that you get to live too, Tiffany. Come on. You know. So I said, is it bad for me? She's like, no. Like if it was like she said it's gonna tank you, whatever, I would not do it. Absolutely. And I also told her. I can already sense it was the beginning of the year when I purchased the home that this is going to be a tougher financial year than most. Mm-hmm. And one thing I want to take off the table is I don't want to have to, I don't have a mortgage now. Mm-hmm. I don't want that in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And so my life doesn't actually cost me any, any more. So I have, you know, like I have this other property that's beautiful and um, this condo, it's an apartment. It's 2,800 square feet, five bedrooms, three and a half bath. So I have my office. Baby girl still has a room. She stays me one week out of the month still. Okay. And like, and, and then I have a, a dedicated guest bedroom and my best bedroom. And then one of them is a gym. You know, so it's beautiful. Right. You know, place. Um, no mortgage, so I could just be like, you're good. Yes. And so to me, that that piece meant more than making another come on few hundred thousand dollars in that. You know, I, I mean, I can say that. I know it sounds unrelatable, but I can. So, but, but those are choices that you can make. Yeah. When it comes to like your money. Unrelatable, but I think it's stuff that people need to hear that is possible. Yes. I think one of the things that I'm living on is like, hey, I want you to have financial wholeness and financial freedom because I believe financial freedom brings peace. Yeah. And it brings options. Like, if you want to pay cash for a house, cool, great. If not, cool, great. But you have the option to yes. do what you want to do. So I've achieved both. So I'm not anti-financial freedom. I love it. I'm here to say, 
just in case you don't, don't make it. You gotta have There's it. still something good for you out there. Because I just don't want, because I feel people are like, well, I'm never gonna be financially free. So, no, 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 no. Yeah. There is still a second runner up that's pretty good. Ooh. You know what I mean? Because I've achieved both of them. Like, I'm 100% financially whole, Ooh. and I'm also financially free. Come. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> if y'all wanna get financially whole and work your way to financial freedom, you need to get this book. Yes. All right. So, we, you should see it on the screen right now as well. Um, and then also, we're gonna drop um, not just a made whole, but we're going to drop her other book uh, that has sold 300000 Get good with show. money. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Get good with money. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we're also going to drop a link to her show. I mean, her podcast is amazing. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but I do listen to hers um, and hers. And I say, I still I still rock my guy, Dave Ramsey. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I don't really listen to, uh, yeah, earn your leisure. I listen mm -hmm. to them, mm -hmm. good investments. Uh, but I mean, I'm telling you right now, you're going to learn a lot from her. So we're going to drop all her information in today's show notes. But the key thing is, go get that book. Okay, let, let's make this another New York Times bestseller on the workbook side of things. All right, so get that book and complete the workbook, you guys. You cannot change your life if you're not willing to put in the work and get the education. Yeah. So she she gave you a journal. She's giving you practical things to do. Yo, let's change our lives. Let's get whole, and then let's start working our way to financial freedom. Yeah. All right? So we love you all. Y'all, follow her. Go subscribe. Tell her you're from the AO community. Go join her community and just rock with us both. It's all good and gravy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Could be family. Um, and then from there, y'all, let's, let's just continue to grow. All right? We love you. God bless you. We'll see you on the next show. Peace out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.